it's quite nice to be here tonight. Well, well glad we can have all of you. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a full Zoom room. Well, this was going to be a lot of fun. How many people can you get into a Zoom room? I don't know. Uh, well, with my Zoom Pro plan, we can have a hundred. Look at that. Oh, very good. Yeah, mm. it's going to be like one of those oh. one of those clown cars with all the clowns in it. <laughs> hosted by. Yeah. And, and if I we, I guess with those hundred participants, if we had all of Rob's friends, we'd still have 97 oh, openings. On, come on. Oh, come on. oh what a already? shot. Yeah, yes. <laughs> First shots are fired. It didn't take yep. long. It took yep. three minutes. Recording in progress. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, hey, my name is Rob Minot. And wait a minute, did I screw that up already? I did, didn't I? No. No, your name is Rob Minot. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. 100%. Uh, you know I what threw you off, I think the lack of cowboy, of cowbell, no. cowboy. Cowboy, what? <laughs> that too. We need more Your cowboy. Your lack of cowboy. <laughs> well, he is from Northern British Columbia, so. Please, you know. Louise, what's going on? No, listen, I am I have been sick, so I may have taken a Tylenol cold and flu medication earlier, so I, I shouldn't be even operating a heavy uh, heavy machinery, let alone driving a podcast, so. Always bring yeah. enough to share. That's right. Okay, here we go. Hey, this is, of course, the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today, phew, this is going to be a lot of work, uh, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello, I'm Redneck Ryan today. <laughs> and, and also in the room, Miss Liz Malone. Ms. Glitter and Spangles in the Flesh. That's right. And, and that's not all. That is not all for your money today, people. We also have making his triumphant return to the podcast, because I'm not even sure uh, when the last episode he was on <laughs> was. I think it's got to it had to have been like three weeks ago or something. He's been a very busy guy. But Mr. Steve Barkley is here. I'll be Urban Steve today. All right. <laughs> Rejoice, all you Barkleheads. <laughs> there, you know that there's three or four people out there that are jumping for joy right now. You figure? I, I think so. I mean, your mom. Who's joy? How is everybody? It's been so long since we've all been uh, together. All right, that is that's been our update. I'm trying to think. It's been it's been it's, a couple uh, weeks anyway. I know I'm throwing out all the hard hitting questions of uh, how 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 is everybody? I was expecting Steve to jump in and do the whole like while I was away on my summer vacation, da 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 da. Because yeah, what's well, let's let's go to Steve for a minute. Let's get a Steve update because it's been a while. So how how are you, Steve? We haven't seen you for a while. You've been very busy. Yeah, I've been I've been running all over the place. I've been uh, I did uh, the um, Indigenous Disability and Wellness Gathering in Victoria uh, last week. 
Uh, I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off this week, getting ready for the Children's Low Vision Project Clinic in Chilliwack over the next few days. And then I will be running out the door with uh, Kimberly Klein from LVI to do the Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton and back route next week. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I've been here and there, man. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's been our Steve update. You must be. And so, uh, well, okay. I'll give you my update. I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got got this cold that's going around. So I'm actually, Steve, I'm surprised you, your immune system sucks worse than mine. Uh, What? Mine does? Yeah. You, you're always getting sick. No, I'm not. Really? I rarely get sick. Really? Okay, yeah, who am I thinking of then? <laughs> I don't know. That's just you, Rob. Okay, maybe, yeah, maybe I was just projecting that onto you. Maybe it is just my immune system that sucks. But I'm surprised nobody else has gotten this stupid cold that's going around because everyone seems to be getting it. No, my, I, da- my daughter and her boyfriend both have it. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, I just have to throw this in. I am so high on life right now because my New Jersey Devils are whooping, whooping tail. Oh, they are owning it. Holy cow. Uh, Let's just say, sorry, Canada. They, they have been whooping some serious tail through your countryside, but uh, just, (laughs) I have to listen. I got to enjoy it while I can. I'm a huge devil's fan. And this is like an awesome us correspondent time to get on with the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Steve's got my back right now. 13 in a row. (laughs) Yeah. Goal goal differential of plus 29, uh, 19 games played 16 wins, three losses, 32 points. They are um, unfortunately second in the league mm. after yeah. Boston, Boston's mm-hmm. Boston's kicking their butt. Well, by, okay. by two points, but by comparison, Vancouver's played 19 games, won six, lost 10 <laughs> and three <laughs> overtime wins for a total of 15 points compared to the devil's 32 points. So yeah, I won't be talking no smack about the devils. There we go. There you go. Okay. We had to, you know, we had to bring a little sports back to the show and now, okay, now carry on. <laughs> Sure. Well, it's fine. And listen, I'll throw my hat into the <laughs> ring too. Uh, I'm a big Springsteen fan. And so uh, if I was going to get behind a uh, hockey team, maybe, you know, New, New Jersey Devils, I could, I could get behind that. So good, I think, good for them. I, I think Bruce Springsteen would certainly approve of that. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Well, listen, enough of that. We've caught up. Uh, we've got our hockey update. Ryan. Well, uh, before you even go there, are our guests still here? Yep, we're here. <laughs> yes, yes, we are here in the background. I'm just wondering what we got ourselves into. Yeah, I'm sure. yeah I know. This, this is why we don't warn anyone. This is yeah. This is that's why he checked because you know we just we we, we, we better we better get, do a roll call. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, Ryan. Yes, sir, Rob. Why don't enough silliness? Uh, why don't we get right to the uh, heart of the matter? Tell the fine folks at home just what the heck we're doing today. Sure. So today we are talking with the team of the Pandora Project and the hosts of the Triple Vision podcast, and they are Charlene Ayot, Hannah Levitt, David Best. And Peter Field. So welcome, everybody. Hi, good to, be, to be here. here. Thank you. Yeah. 
glad you could all make it. So we're talking I'm, I'm hockey, are to... we? No, not anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. <Okay. laughs> not if I have my I'm way. Just... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what great line to come back in to Urban Cowboy and <laughs> Miss we... Bangles. We, we, we set a lot of groundwork uh, in, in that opening for sure. Well, listen, we, we are thrilled to have you guys on. Uh, and and uh, this is most definitely the, the most crowded podcast that, uh, that we've ever had in our history. So we are excited. But we're also really excited to talk to you about, about the Pandora Project and about the podcast for sure, because it's, it's such a great uh, idea. But before we do, maybe we could just go down the line and maybe if each of you could just give you give us a, a real just brief introduction to uh, to who you are and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, my name is Charlene Ayotte. I'm however known as Charlie. I'm located in Ottawa. I'm a now retired um, former entrepreneur and advocate for all things accessibility, um, and and that's about who I am. The company I started with T-Base Communication has now been rebranded Alient, and it was an exciting part of my life and what I believe I was meant to do. Um, my name is Hannah Levitt. I'm in Victoria, BC. Um, I'm a bit of a blindness historian, and uh, I really enjoy, I've really enjoyed finding out a lot about our history. And now we have a forum to share that. And I'm also a published author. And um, so that I'm in the group because mostly because of that, because we do want to uh, eventually produce a book on, on the topic of the history of blindness in Canada. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm David Best. And I have, for most of my career, worked as a uh, software engineer, and I recently retired from IBM, and I now do my own thing. I, I work a lot with uh, small and medium-sized organizations wanting to develop digital communications, especially in the accessibility realm. And I guess Primarily, I, I work with the uh, Pandora team and helping with the Triple Vision podcast. I do the the editing and prepare the uh, recording for the uh, final output. And I'm Peter Field. I'm coming from beautiful Port Coquitlam today, just outside Vancouver. I am a semi-retired person, retired about three years ago from the federal government. And I have the pleasure of leading uh, this team and its uh, its ambitions. Um, I also am also involved in a second podcast running through AMI called Eyes on Your Money with Ryan and Becky, uh, a, a financial a podcast devoted to financial literacy, um, funded by the um, Canadian Council for Rehabilitation and Work. And I do some consulting. I'm currently uh, involved in a project researching and con consulting and guide dog barriers in Canada. So that's us. That's the that's the TV team. So maybe we can just start by giving us a little bit of an, of an overview of the Pandora project and just how it how it all started. Yeah, for that we have to go to Charlie because uh, Pandora is Charlie's name. Uh, Charlie came up with the, the name Pandora, 
and uh, came up with the idea of a book. So, Charlie, you want to talk, start talking about that, and then I'll jump in? Yeah. Okay. Um, for a long time, I'd been thinking about how our story has been told at, as part of our history of blindness in Canada, and it never quite felt right because having experienced going through all of this for the last 40 years or so, 45, maybe 50. Damn, I'm getting old. Um, I approached Peter after he had retired from his federal government job and said that I thought we could do this and should do it. It was time to write a book. Um, I didn't want to write it. And Peter, Peter was kind of not really, but kind of keen. Well, there's um, no way I was going to write took, it by myself. Exactly, exactly. And we came up with the name Pandora because technology had leveled playing fields for blind people. And because of that, it opened that box where we had been sitting and sweating in the dark for so many decades that the box lid has come off or the jar lid has come off and we can't be put back in. So it was time to tell the story because with the freedom and access to information technology, we were in a position to do so. And that's how it started. And then we had to reel in a bunch of other people like uh, John Ray, the penguin who passed away in April, and David and Hannah, who was a writer who we thought, great, we can write the book. Um, but we had to do a lot of research before then. So, Peter, I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, thanks, Charlie. So Pandora is the overall vision of the project. So um, as Charlie said, um, it was a book that we wanted to do. The book, the book is and will be to tell the history of Canadians who are blind, deafblind, partially sighted from the point of view of those um, of the individuals who have the lived experience as opposed to others. And we'll, we'll talk more about that um, later uh, as we get around to what happens when other people tell our story, uh, what story comes out uh, when we're not the ones telling it. Um, so uh, went off to Canadian Heritage looking for funding for a book, and it turned out that they don't have much funding for a book, a little bit maybe, but they said, we, could, we can fund podcasts, and we can fund learning curriculum, and we could fund uh, part of your book um, if you want to submit an application to the Canada History Fund. Um, we were not able to do that, uh, in September, let's see, 2021, um, uh, we had a, we had, we thought a sponsor, sponsor pulled out kind of last minute, last us kind of high and dry. We waited till, uh, sorry, September 20, I guess, uh, September 2021, we applied again and, um, waited from September to April and they said, no, uh, so sorry, we're short of funds this year. We're not going to fund it at this point. So um, in the meantime, though, we, um, we have been able to move ahead with the podcast thanks to the generous support of T-Base, now Alient, who is funding part of the podcast, and Charlie herself, who's funding part of the podcast out of her own pocket. So uh, we have been able to... Um, carry on now uh, into our second season 
So our first season was 26 episodes, one episode every two weeks uh, uh, through AMI. And we're just in the last two weeks uh, told by uh, Alliant or Alient that they have the funds to fund this for a second season. So we're expecting to be back on air in January. So how, how have you found that podcast format in terms of, of recording this? And sort of, can you maybe speak to a little bit about uh, what kind of format the, the episodes are? Like, do you break, is it sort of going in chronological order? Are you breaking down certain different yeah. issues at different times? How does, and how does, how does the podcast format sort of contribute to, to being able yeah. to do that? Really good question. Um, so basically we've proceeded along thematic lines. So we did start kind of chronologically with podcast number two. Podcast number one was just us introducing ourselves. Podcast number two, we picked up on um, a book out there from um, Serge Durflinger, who's a professor of history at University of Ottawa, who wrote a book called Veterans with a Vision, uh, which was about uh, returning soldiers returning from World War I uh, who were blinded during the war and eventually um, decided, you know, they needed to form their own organization, um, which led to the eventually led to the organization of the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, CNIB, and then there's a whole history around that. Of course, um, again, we can talk about more more about that later. So that was sort of episode one. Um, episode two, we did uh, talk a little bit about more about the history of CNIB with uh, Jim Sanders, former CEO. We got into the, the topic of colonialism after that. And then we kind of proceeded along thematic lines. We talked about library services. We talked about eugenics. We talked about employment. We talked about education. We talked about advocacy. Yeah, Charlie's good at getting people involved in things. And um, she talked to Peter about getting this Pandora project going and Peter came to me and somehow I got involved and I I think it was a, a rather interesting venture to get into. I um, know very little about the the history of blindness in Canada and that's really what we were trying to do is is find out what is the real true history of blindness in Canada and it's all based on our our theme is really based on the single narrative. We want to have the Canadian um, people, the Canadian blindness community, tell their story in their words by telling us about their experiences, their dreams and goals and where things are going. And it, it's a learning experience because we started off by interviewing uh, people that we could reach that we knew had expertise in understanding history of library services, history of advocacy, and we found that as we we developed the uh, the podcast and interviewed more and more people, that there was a lot more to the story that we could actually cover in a single podcast when we're talking about a particular theme. And so we have sort of evolved the podcast over the last year to going from interviewing for specific um factual information to to a little bit more about a story. And in our second um, year, I think we're going to be trying to develop that even further by getting uh, more in depth of getting into the story that individuals have. 
So, I mean, it, it sounds almost like the, the podcast has sort of taken a life of its own. I mean, initially it was just kind of sort of a backup plan from, from the book, but it, it sounds like as you, as you guys have evolved and, and grown it, um, it, it's almost become its own thing. Well, we've really, yeah. we've really discovered um, every time we take on a new topic, we discover instead of doing one podcast about it, we need to do three or four. There's a lot to the story, right? And there's a lot of history about uh, the different themes we've had that, you know, a lot of us didn't know about, right? So it's been, um, it's been really interesting. It's been interesting to identify uh, blind people throughout history who have made major contributions to us in terms of library services um, and other in other areas as well. So one of the things we're doing in the podcast as well or outside the podcast is keeping a list of those people because as a writer, I feel like we don't as as a, as a community of blind people, like we need our own sort of pantheon of heroes as well, right? So we have to identify them first, right? So, um, yeah, that, that's been a really, really interesting exercise is to realize how much there really is out there in terms of uh, content for, like, even education. We, you know, we talked about the, the different blind schools in Canada. And, I mean, we've all understood that Halifax for the School for the Blind has always been the first school for the blind in Canada. But, hey, hey, upon more research, we know that... Um, that uh, Quebec actually had the first schools for the blind in Canada it, that preceded um, preceded Halifax and even the first association for the blind that preceded uh, the formation of CNIB. So we found some really interesting facts out in our research and uh, it's going to make for, it makes for really interesting content. Yeah. And, and to get there, we've had to do some research and dig in at Archives Canada. That takes a lot of work. And it, it's also, that part is an expensive venture. Just being able to track down things like the school, for example, were asylum for the blind and education. It, and, and it was that kind of initial stereotyping that has stayed with blind people for over a hundred years. Well, Charlie, I think and what's really interesting, though, is and Torika, I know you're going to go on down, down the kind of the stereotyping route, and that's that's definitely you know a theme that we've sort of been picking up on. But I think what really strikes me is that when we look at these sort of earlier heroes, so we'll call mm -hmm. them heroes. I don't know, it's kind of a funny word, but trailblazers. Like, trailblazers. Yeah, yeah, trailblazers, right? So a guy like Burt Robinson, right? So Bert Robinson was the first graduate from a Canadian university, um, kind of got through university using various kinds of reading materials, um, some Braille, I think, and even some precursor formats to Braille, probably with a lot of support of his father, and then um, started the Free Library for the Blind in uh, Toronto, um, basically around 1900, somewhere or, or shortly before. Um, which eventually was taken over by the CNIB and became the CNIB library after Bert sadly passed away uh, fairly young. His uh, wife um, had taken that on. She couldn't maintain it. Um, so a guy like um, Bert Robinson kind of stood this thing up all on its own, all on his own, right? So um, not a guy, not a stereotypical individual going to your stereotype comment, uh, Charlie, but a real trailblazer, okay. right? 
And then a guy like um, Philip Layton. So Philip Layton, who started the Montreal Association for the Blind, uh, came to Canada from England because he said, I don't want to be treated the way I am here in England. There's no opportunities for me here. Came to England uh, to uh, work for his brother, um, who had they had a, a music uh, studio, uh, a music store. Um, the you're going to correct me on this, probably Hannah. The yeah, I will. Great <laughs> great grandfather of Jack, or the grandfather of Jack Layton. Great grandfather of Jack. Thank Layton. you. Yeah. The great grandfather of Jack, Jack Layton. So a huge um, sort of pillar of that. Leighton family, uh, again, started the Montreal Association for the Blind, went head-to-head with uh, uh, Baker, um, Edwin Baker of the CNIB, buying for, you know, who would, who would be the representative of the blind population in Canada. And again, not, not your stereotypical individual. So, you know, we, we've had stereotypes. We have been stereotyped, I think, throughout history. But we have our trailblazers too, and that's that's part of the story that we want to tell through the podcast. Well, and that's why I think that it's it's such an important podcast, and it, and this is such a great idea because you think of all these stories that that would just be lost; they would just be mm-hmm. you know gathering dust uh, in the archives somewhere, and and the, you know the the youth, uh, you know, people in their twenties, thirties, uh, in the community would have absolutely no idea. And these names would just kind of be lost in the history. Well, even myself, Rob, who lost a sight later in life, almost 30 years ago, I had no idea of a lot of that history in the Triple Vision podcast until, until I started listening to it. So it's not even just the younger generation. There's probably tons of people in older demographics that aren't aware of the history. Well, the big thing about history is that we, we feel really strongly about is, you know, you, we have to unearth it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we need to we need to be proud of those who came before us and, and who established so many foundational um, type programs. And like we need to they need to be recognized, not just fade away into history. Right. It's like curb cuts. Right. We all take it for granted that we have accessible books now. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't even think mm-hmm. about where that all started and how it came about. Right. Well, and now, and now individually, this must be a, a really valuable uh, project to all be a part of, because I'm sure that that the learning curve for all, all of you is sort of off the charts as well. I know that for us doing this podcast and talking to all kinds of different people, I'm constantly saying like I get an incredible amount of value out of the podcast because I'm always learning. And it, yeah. you know, that's really exciting. Yeah. So, so I'm just wondering for, yeah. for each of you, like what kind of impact has the podcast sort of had on on each of you something that you can probably relate to is one of our big challenges is editing um we get so much great information and we have interviews that can go on for quite a while but when it comes down to doing the podcast we have to edit out a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. stuff which is why in our second year we're sort of changing our format to allow that that more of that dialogue to get into play I'm kind of the one who reads through, slogs through all the boring history books and finds all kinds of interesting things. Like I, we all know that Louis Braille, uh, you know, edited down the military version of night reading and, and came up with Braille and that's been adopted throughout the world. And that's the only story I ever knew about a, a language 
for blind people. And in, I just, I think in the last two weeks, I read a book about um, a guy in, in Edinburgh, Scotland at the Edinburgh School for the Blind. At around the same time Louis Braille was coming up with Braille, they had developed, he and some instructors there had developed something called the string alphabet. So it was tactile. It was a, a length of string and they would use a different knots and loops and things to represent alphabet, the alphabet. And so by running their fingers along the string, they could make, uh, they could, th there was a narrative there. Right? And, and I, I have never heard of the string alphabet before, before that book. And I thought that was fascinating. Right. So I don't know what a, a book would look like in string alphabet, but, <laughs> but can you imagine but, trying to do refreshable string braille? <laughs> but, but just, just those, I mean, I thought that was fascinating that, that, um, yeah. Well, and it's fascinating too, that braille is still evolving. It's only been in the last mm -hmm. I think, couple of weeks or a month where we now have a braille code for Mi'kmaq. That a woman in Halifax. Oh, fantastic! Right, right. Yeah, I heard about so, that. Mm -hmm. yeah, Braille is still evolving and, and mm -hmm. developing for other languages mm -hmm. and the indigenous cultures. So, yeah, well, even um, even for like mathematics, like Abraham Nemeth is in our lifetime. He was, you know, a, a scientist who developed mathematics and scientific, like algebraic and all that. And and I mean, he's most people don't even realize that you know, he just died in the eighties. So, yeah, well, yeah, I think one of the other challenges we have is actually getting to the stories. Um, it's really hard to find those people that have the uh, the history, the knowledge and the stories that we're we're looking for. So we're really hoping that in this second year, we can really start um, getting into more of the uh, personal stories that people have, whether it's it's personal or whether it's back in their, uh, you know, their parents, grandparents time, but it's, it's important for us to be able to find those people that we can talk yeah. to. I think that is the biggest uh, challenge for me, David. It's just, you know, if you're going to do this and you're going to do this right, you need, you need to take the time, right? You need to take the time and um, kind of like Hannah has said is kind of beat the bushes to find out who has the story where is this person? Where do they live? Um, you know, have them come on the podcast. Um, one of the, um, and go, going back to challenges, we, we talked about, um, it might've been in our advocacy series where we talked about um, the charter. And um, there's a complete story that we really haven't explored as in depth about the fact that when, when the charter, Charter of Rights and Freedoms and, and the Constitution was uh, going through cabinet in the early 80s that persons with disabilities uh, were, were, were being left out and um, they weren't going to be included and um, because they thought it was going to be too costly and um, marches happened. Uh, you had people with disabilities up on Parliament Hill marching away and um, some of those people are still around. Yvonne, Yvonne Peters, who's uh, retired, uh, he, a lawyer and human rights commissioner from Manitoba was one of those people. David Leposky, uh, who you may know, a retired lawyer, blind lawyer from Toronto, uh, made a present, a young David Leposky made a presentation to the House of Commons Committee, uh, uh, just indicating why people with disabilities needed to be in the charter. And, uh, and as a result, um, 
you know, very, very last minute, 11th hour uh, were included. Well, we talked to Yvonne and uh, David uh, in that podcast just to, for us to tell, uh, for them to tell us their story. But, you know, that that's an entire podcast in itself, one of those two people. So, um, you know, we're going to be uh, trying to be very deliberate this year and and giving those guests the scope uh, and the time that they need to be really full and rich with their storytelling. Um, Charlie, do you want to talk about the single story? So where we're going and the danger of the single story? Um, sure. Uh, one night while I was sitting around and exploring TED Talks, I found a, a presentation done by a woman from Nigeria, uh, Ngozi, I think her last name was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the title was uh, The Danger of a Single Story. And she spoke of her experience living in Nigeria and having two parents, each of which was a professor, and each of which uh, would bring home books for her to read. And she was an avid reader. And she learned about winter and apple pies and um what life was like in North America. And her her experience was, what is an apple? What is an apple pie? Is that like a mango pie? Or that kind of conversation? And what was this thing called winter and snow? The only season in Nigeria was hot. And because of the, what you're exposed to, uh, which is, all things North American, because that's where the literature was coming from, um, she became aware of the need to have Nigerian stories uh, take prevalence over uh, in that conversation. And I think I'm getting this right, maybe, Hannah. Um, But it's like when other people tell your story, they're telling it from their perspective. And what was missing for us as blind people was that it wasn't our story that was being written. It was the story of the institutions who has an obligation to continue their longevity and resist the change. And my question was always, how did we get here? How did we, how did we come to be in a place where as blind people, we were subject to the story being told about us by a service provider, not not by the voice or not through the voices of blind people. And and this the danger of the single story kind of embodied what was happening to us. It was there was one story being told. It was always the story told by CNIB and the voices of organized blind advocates were being ignored and they were being ignored in really awful ways by let's not give them any necessary funding to organize. Um, Let's make sure that the, the consultation takes place with the service provider and not with blind people. And it was that, and I hate to come back to this, Peter, but it's about the stereotyping in order to bring in donations to support the work of the institution, 
they had to make us appear to not be who we were or, or and who we were becoming a skilled, knowledgeable, talented pool of people that brought breadth to the conversation. Anyway, that's the danger of a single story. Yeah. One story no. and there's no change. Which continues on today. Absolutely. Yeah, so exactly, Ryan. So um, that's a theme that we're going to pick up on now in season two. And we're going to start looking from um, at issues from the point of view of the single story. So the fact that this issue is around or this is where we're at, is that the product of a single story? Is that the product of someone telling, well, this is what should happen? I'll give you another example. This is a podcast about technology. We sat down a few weeks ago to talk about, well, is there a single story around technology? And there might have been, right? The fact that, you know, the kinds of innovations that we're seeing now in technology and, and universal design and um, um, products like uh, voiceover on Apple is, is pretty new, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Universal design itself is, is fairly new. Prior to that, was there a single story being told around the kind of technology that blind people should have or blind people should use or blind people should have access to? Right? How come universal design took so long? Is that because there is a single story around, you know, oh, they've got Braille, they've got a Perkins Brailler, they've got you know, this and that, they'll be fine, right? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Those are the kinds of questions that we're asking. And, and was there a bit of protectionism taking place to keep the community of blind people as a, a, a single source? Of, that would benefit the institutions providing the services. Mm. Keep us in that box, Pandora's box. It's open now. Time for an uprising. Let's do hey, it. There you go. Pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon. There you go. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan's, Ryan's all. He's just dying because he wants to storm the legislature. He wants to. I've <laughs> said it before on so many podcasts. The I reason know. the blindness community doesn't get anything done is because we can't agree on anything. One day we'll find it in the budget to send you to the legislature and just send you. We'll oh, just send, yeah, we'll just think... send you in. <laughs> sort we'll of swinging. We'll get you a Shinkovera T-shirt. Beautiful resolution. It needs to. It needs to happen. I mean, what other communities endured this kind of uh, a treatment for so long? It's like it's it's the impact of colonialism on all kinds of marginalized people in this country. Right, and that's why you know. Again, I have to. I have to say again. I know I keep saying it, but. Uh, this podcast and, and this project is really, really important uh, because I, I think that all of this would just get lost. I mean, we're, we're on the, on the edge of a lot of the people that you're talking to, Yeah, you know, you know, they're not going to be around forever. And some of these stories are going to be lost to the ages, but I'm, I'm also kind of curious to know now that you've, you guys are able to sort of take this historical, um, perspective and look at all this history and and uncover a lot of these stories and look at the the different trends throughout the the 20th century and into the 21st now i'm just curious to know is has there anything that you've that you've noticed that surprises you in terms of trends or are you able to sort of sort of apply um some of the different historical 
um, aspects of, of looking into the past to sort of be able to apply them to what's going on now and, and to really, does anything sort of stand out to you in, in that aspect? One of the things that I realized, I mean, I'm very impatient for change as well as most people are. Um, but I, when I was reading about um, uh, a Vancouver blind woman named Isabel Beveridge, um, I learned that she was the first woman, blind woman to graduate from the University of BC. And I mean, that wasn't until the, the 1940s. And it made me realize that, wow, you know, we haven't had, uh, and I mean, that was without access to any kind of technology and, and stuff. That was really, you know, her father read her all her textbooks, right? But I mean, you know, that generation or, you know, the, that group of people that have been able to get an education and use it in ways to help our community. Um, I mean, that's pretty recent. And, you know, that's, that was something for me to recognize. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think, I think we saw the trends, you, can, you know, I think we saw the progress in the sense that, you know, we kind of started back, as I said, with World War One, and then um, in World War, after World War Two, and around that, you kind of had the formation of different organizations like the CCB and you had um, um, Philip Layton around and, and his, um, his um, son actually, um, Gilbert Layton kind of lobbying for um, uh, what, what, you know, what is the future of blind people in Canada? And they sort of duked it out one day in a, in a meeting and um, in uh, London, Ontario, and and um, Philip um, or Gilbert actually kind of lost that battle, and it kind of went over to um, the CNIB and the, and the CCB, and then you sort of had this period where we didn't really find that that much happened kind of between then and and the seventies, but all of a sudden in the seventies you had um, people like John Ray and uh, Michael York in, in Toronto, and and other people who um, you know, decide, looked at the civil rights movement in the U.S. and looked uh, how other groups were getting rights, and including the disability uh, groups in the U.S. and said, well, we, there's no reason why we can't do that here. And that was kind of the storming of the legislature at that point, I would say, Ryan. Uh, right. These were really militant people who, um, you know, who, who took this to heart and, and you know, um, I'll just maybe say one John Ray story that we really liked was um, John was a thorn in the side of the provincial government. And, uh, and he walked into uh, their offices one day, and one day and said, well, you know, if you want me out of your hair, give me a job. And they did. <laughs> so he had a, he had a <laughs> career, <laughs> he had a career after that with the Ontario public service. So, you know, had this group of people coming out of schools in the seventies and, uh, you know, mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. And, and really kind of took things by storm. And then, you know, I think then we got into the eighties with the charter and then technology and so on. So you can see the trends, you know, all the way up to the accessible Canada act, you know, I don't, you know, depending on what people think about, at least there's an act there now. And then, you know, what's the future? Well, we're not sure, but we're, we're, we're hoping those trends are going to continue those, those positive trends. We're going to make those things continue, Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Um, I think for me, I've 
come to realize over the last year more and more that the blindness community really is really no different than uh, the rest of the population in that our um, narrative, our story is told through a very narrow focus point. And th this is something that I, I think because it's a, it's a small community in a large country that we don't really hear the voices of the individuals. We hear the voices of service organizations and government. But I think we, like other groups, uh, like for example, in the 1970s, the women's group changed the whole narrative of the women's place in society. The, it became a, a, a rather um, large movement and in, continues today. And I think the danger we have today is that as um, we become more polarized through social media and people just having time only to listen to one news channel, they don't listen to all of the other stories that are being told that I think we can see that our story is very similar to the racial problems we have in, in Canada, that the narrative of, of certain races are being told through a narrow channel. And so I think our what I've come to realize is that our story is really not that much different. We just need to get on the stage. We, we just need to get um, more attention. Yeah. Right. Well, so now I'm curious, though, in terms of what kind of reception has the, the podcast had? Are you getting any sort of pushback from, say, the CNIB? You know, because, you know, when you when you are building these narratives that are, that are sort of going counter to what the official story is. I don't know. Is that is that <laughs> annoying some point. people? Have you heard anything, <laughs> anything from anybody? I've annoyed a few people. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, I can remember back in the days when I started T-Base and I would ask for information in format that I could use that was audio-based because I'm an audio-based learner, that I remember that at Treasury Board, some of the people in the communications directorate finally said, for hell's sake, buy that woman a computer so she gets off our back. And then I got my first computer, and it was like, oh, my God, take that computer away. Because having access to information at any time, anywhere you needed it, was an absolute delight. And I had spent 10 years without access to books because nobody had let me know that there was ways that I get get access to audiobooks. And once I found out I could have that, and I had access to a computer so I could have it anytime, anywhere, um, I wasn't going back into that box again. Yeah. So Pandora box keeps emerging here. <laughs> it's like... Pandora, yeah, you, Charlie, so, you're absolutely right, because Pandora, really, the purpose of it was to raise the issues was to give the, the individuals a voice. And it's really not our intention to create any kind of conflicts with, um, you know, grassroots groups and, and service organizations, but rather we want to have the story told and we are quite willing to invite 
organizations, whether it's government or CNIB, to join our narrative. Uh, we've had interviews with certain people from CNIB, the library and mm -hmm. the CEO. So we, we do engage them and try to get them to, to um, sort of understand our side. Yeah, we've had yeah. yeah, you're right, David. We've had we've had Mahadeo Sukai had a research on talking about um, genetics. We had former CEO uh, Jim Sanders. We've had um, the um, archivist uh, uh, who Jane was familiar with life. Yeah. yeah, Jane. Sorry, what was her last name? Bowman. 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 Yeah, Bowman. Beaumont. Beaumont. Jane Bowman talking Beaumont. about yeah library services. And then the employment, kind of the employment fellow as well. Oh, sorry, who was that? Um, was it Gore? I can't, was it Gore? Oh, yeah, Wayne, uh, Wayne Henshaw. Oh, Wayne, Wayne, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we've had, we've had guests on. Um, we're, I'm thinking we're a little bit under the radar still in terms of um, that particular organization. Um, I think um, That might we, change this year. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think we- bit need to challenge we've decided in year two we're going to push a little harder get a little bit more edgy um john ray was our voice of edginess saying you're not you're not edgy enough you're not pushing hard <laughs> enough you're not you're not controversial enough so we're uh going to probably i don't know we're planning to take that to to heart in year two and when we get into this single story theme to say okay so who's who has been telling our story and yeah. and one of the things about there. yeah one of the things about all of our our organizations we're all volunteer based you know for the most part and um it takes a lot of time to get the podcast together and edited and everything like that and never mind um you know we talked about uh, developing lists of like MLAs, MPs, um, that type of thing, and different people in, in different disability organizations. And every time we put out a podcast, like sending them a link to the podcast and saying, you know, you need to know about this, but that all takes time, you know? So, you know, we sure, like you know the podcast a little bit more and, and get it out to, like I say, MLAs and MPs that, um, and even local people, like our local mayors and things, right? So they understand some more of the issues that are facing blind, their blind uh, citizens, right? So. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that this, this is also, a, you know, an incredible learning experience for people in the mainstream, as well as uh, the blindness community themselves. And us as well. I mean, it's been so revealing to all of us how how stilted this thing has been. Right. That it that we we need to look at some of the modeling that has taken place. That as we as we look at matters of governance, where the the board of directors of of our grassroots movements are elected by membership or by members. And we we send our members off to sit on committees and become part of the conversation. But it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes the service provider will point to the person they want to represent our organization 
and they and that's the road they go down. So it's like they become or or have become the advocacy for blindness in Canada. That's one of their objectives to become the advocate. And and I look at that and I think, well, would we give our up our consumer rights to Walmart to speak on our behalf? I don't think so. Service mm. providers provide right. services. They're not our advocates. We are our advocates. I think, Charlie, one of the things you and I had a really, really eye-opening kind of experience on was our podcasts about eugenics. Yes. And the role of our service provider, the role they played in, mm-hmm. in the eugenics story for blind people in Canada. That was a real, a really surprising. Um, it was a very scary story. It was. It was. It was, it was very frightening. So. Yeah, I think our um, our podcasts have revealed one thing in that um, over time, um, our our position in society has shifted. Um, over a hundred years ago, we were more or less a a burden to families and and friends. We then became um, part of the uh, charity model where charities took over the care of uh, blind people. It then over recently became more of a medical model. We uh, follow the medical model. And I think we're now moving more into the social model where we're actually becoming part of society as an active participant. And I'm not going to take... We're not going to take the crap anymore. Yeah, we need more people to yell and scream, though. Some of us are getting old. <laughs> well, and, and, and there's, a, there's, another, yeah. there's another piece that comes into that and in, as part of the conversation. And it's the willful blindness of those who know better, those in governments, those in the institutions that know full well that some of their policies and strategies had led to the isolation of blind people in Canada and kept us out of the mainstream. But technology has changed that. So that I think there's a that that trend towards uh, greater independence because of the technology available to us today that's accessible right out of the box. So there's less financial restraint. There still is financial restraint because some of this technology is expensive but it's accessible right out of the box and it's the same stuff everybody else uses and it works for us. Well, you know, and it's, and it's interesting, you know, yes, we, we absolutely have uh, come, come a, you know, a long way, but then again, you know, you know, it, it, you only have to look as far back as COVID and, and sort of the, oh, yeah. the you know, sort of uh, some may call it botched response, uh, you know, in terms of, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, building a, a path for people with disabilities, um, it, you know, so we still have a long way to go. Absolutely. But oh, it's, oh, for, but, but it, you know, it's, it's so fascinating to sort of have that historical perspective to be able to look on and, and apply it to today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's good to see the trend. I think the trend is overall positive uh, and, um, you know, hopefully more positive, you know, that, that trend that we talk about a long time, you know, uh, as we move along towards universal design, towards incorporating um, uh, needs into into way products, services, uh, uh, COVID testing kits uh, should be designed right. right. So 
uh, that should be the trend. And it, it's sort of like, you can't really let your foot off the gas uh, because yeah. if you, if you do, you're, you're kind of gonna, you're going to kind of get left behind. So right. um, that, you know, I don't, I, you know, I've, I've heard, um, I've heard one of your podcasts, but I assume that's, that's something that you guys want to talk about a lot in terms of how are th- how things are designed to meet everybody's needs. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's certainly a, a recurring theme here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I guess I like to look at it as, as you know, back, you know, a hundred years ago, it may have been sort of, you know, almost willful, I don't know, neglect. And these days, when those things happen, I kind of like to think it's it's more of just the, they're just meatheads and they didn't think of it. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, you know, the arrive can guys who made the app, they oh, just, yeah. they, they didn't think about yeah. accessibility. Uh, so it, it, at least maybe we've made progress you mean blind in, in people that sense. Travel? <laughs> That's right. Like, Oh, what? out of country, right on airplanes and everything. That's right. And, and occasionally yeah. cruise ships. I don't know if you guys have followed Donovan Tilsley and his uh, cruise oh, yeah, ship I did. vacation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty amazing. That's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So, I mean, it still happens, but you know, it's, I guess maybe if the, the intent maybe is, is slightly better these days, it's just people don't, don't necessarily think of it. And hopefully it, it's podcasts like yours and pod, podcasts like ours. Hopefully that, you know, will, will help move the needle a little bit and people will, you know, start to, to actually think of these things before they, they make policy. But- yeah, but it is amazing. I think, yeah, uh, you raised it in terms of Donovan's experience hitting the news, the the woman from Minnesota who uh, they wouldn't let her get on a plane with her dog because she hadn't, you know, filled out a form. I mean, this, you know, it doesn't oh. take long for this stuff now to surface and for somebody to be caught out. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a big change. In, in general, there's two global trends that you need to keep your focus on when you're trying to you know understand the historical context of blind people within society and that's the first the first trend trend is the uh, innovation technology trend you know um, back in the 1900s technology was uh, sort of developed for a particular human need for a, whether deaf or blind that t- typically it was human-centered design. Uh, so technology has really pushed its way into society because for the longest time, technology was built for the sake of technology, and then it was sold to the market and pushed, and they created their own demand. The other trend that we we need to look at is the human uh, rights trend, because right across the world, we're seeing governments coming up with more and more legislation with regard to accessibility and disability. And I think with the uh, women's movement uh, growing in strength, we see pushback toward the uh, the innovation. So we, we see a push-pull effect between these two trends. And I think our next challenge coming up in the next few years is going to be the artificial intelligence um, research and development and how that's going to affect the uh, human evolution. Yeah. Well, we 
we yeah. need to we need to make sure we keep Elon Musk far away from anything AI related because who knows what that oh, guy yeah. is going to who knows what he would up, get up to with that exactly exactly but we all want our self driving cars right sooner That's, the better yeah absolutely yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey I was supposed to have a flying car by now that's right oh yeah I read a lot of science fiction when I was a kid and I'm still bitter I think That's they're right. out there now huh? you can find them I don't know huh? you were watching Jetsome. <laughs> that's right i know yeah. i know i've got a watch that i can talk into and make a phone call just like dick tracy so that's right uh, it's true so that is, hey you know what yeah. that is true and like if you know if they made an eye shoe uh yeah, yeah, that would be good. Like, get smart right <laughs> <laughs> wearable that's a true wearable yeah yeah um well so phone. listen uh, so where uh when does uh when does season two start well, uh, we're waiting for confirmation from AMI, but January, notionally oh, uh, January. So um, we're in touch with them. We're, we're getting all the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed. We're, we're, we're storyboarding. We're, we're arranging guests. So it should be January. Wonderful. Well, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I absolutely love the podcast. I, I recommend every all our listeners uh, head over and give it a listen to it's it's great um before we let you all go um maybe if you can tell us where people can find the podcast um if more information about the pandora project absolutely anything at all that that you guys want to plug uh now's your chance uh well i guess the uh first place they could reach out to us is through the uh triple vision one at gmail.com and I think we have the Triple Vision 2-1 Twitter feed as well. Yeah, at Triple Vision um, 21. Yeah, Triple Vision 21. Yeah, the, the numbers, 2-1, yeah. Uh, what else is there, Peter? Well, the, the podcast is available on all the, all the major podcasting platforms, um, Apple, um, Spotify, Simplecast. Uh, it's, it's all out there. Um, we don't have a web presence yet. Definitely, that's something that we we'd like to. Uh, but as David said, reach out to us at triplevision21 at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at triplevision21, and uh, you know, just ask your smart smart speaker to play the latest uh, episode of Triple Vision, and and that'll happen. And if you want to sponsor the book, send them an email. Let them know. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. We need a greater push on having our history told. So it's like, let's let's make it happen by insisting that it happens. And we need likes and subscribers, just like every other podcaster. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's really hard to figure out who's listening and who's not unless people like and subscribe. So please do that. Please like us, please. We, we know for a fact that we have at least five people listening. Yeah, that's right. Four of them are here. <laughs> oh, ouch. Ouch. I'm, I'm giving you a call after this podcast, mister. <laughs> right. That means everybody here and Steve's mom. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, it was an absolute delight talking to you all. Uh, thanks so much for making uh, time to come talk to us. Best of luck with season two. You guys are thanks. doing really, really incredible work. Uh, keep it up and anytime you guys want to come back because I feel like we could have talked for another hour to be honest 
uh, we would love to have you guys back. Great. Oh. Well, thank you very much. Yes, thanks. Ab absolutely. And we'll be listening. We'll be listening to AT Banter. All right, guys. Nice all meeting right. all of you. You as well. Thank you so much for coming. I know it's evening in Ontario and it's right. past, oh, past yeah. dinner time. So it's past my be... bedtime. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for staying up with us. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. All right, okay. everybody. Thank you. All right. Have a great time. Bye. 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 So, Liz, uh, do, would you want to give us an uh, update on the score of the, the Devils game? That you're... Uh, they are not playing this evening, but they oh, play Toronto okay. tomorrow. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. All right. I just thought it might be another. Just letting you know that they beat them in their last meeting. Did they? Yes. Like I said, they won the last 13. So, how did uh, Rob bring up hockey again? I was, oh. I, I was just kidding. Like go sports or what? No, it's well. Listen, I don't know. Maybe maybe New Jersey Devils will be my new team. My goodness, my they're new team. a good team to get behind. Now there you go. I don't want to be. No. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Do they? Does the New Jersey New Jersey New Dirty New Dirty Dirty Jersey Dirty Devils? <laughs> Those Dirty Devils. Uh, no, do they ever play the Vancouver Canucks? Or are they in the same uh, whatever zone or whatever? Yeah, they whatever they played it? them and they won. Yeah, did they? Okay. Uh huh. Those poor Canucks. I know it's brutal. You know they're they're talking about trading our captain now. Oh, it doesn't matter he's... who they trade. It doesn't matter who coaches the team. The team sucks. Has always sucked and will always suck. Okay. okay yeah. What wait, is that? Okay. Is, no, it we... is it the rain? Is it the rain? Is it the rain? It doesn't matter who they trade. How many coaches have they gone through in the last five years? How many players have they traded, and they still can't get there? <laughs> well, we got a we got a new general manager now, and he's going to shake things up in a new and radical way, maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> the, There's just, always hope. <laughs> I have opened up Pandora's box right here yes, on have. the podcast. But I don't know why, what, do I, what was I thinking? I don't even know why I shouldn't have mentioned hockey. I can, I can tell you that if they trade Bo Horvat, oh, there, no. there's going to be people kicking the door down. It, it, they're going to be so mad at these guys if they They'll trade They'll season ticket holders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure, he's he's heart and soul of this team right now, and and uh, you, you could you could probably trade anybody else. Well, and, maybe and not, not have Peterson. The... You got to keep Peterson. He's the only one scoring. Wait, Ryan, what the hell? Uh, I thought, I thought... Oh, Besser, okay, Besser is second in the league for scoring, Ryan. Oh, is he? Okay, yes, what? he's what he's I... like a goal, maybe two behind McDavid. Wow. I feel like the last time this happened, Ryan was like, oh, I'm not into hockey anymore. And now here he, here he is. Uh, he's, he's A2 Brute. What happened? Anyways, uh, I don't know. So thoughts. I, I This is such a cool idea. I, I absolutely adore this idea. Well, there's, like I said earlier, there's a lot of us who don't know the history behind blindness in Canada and it, it is fascinating to go through it and, and listen to some of the stuff that happened not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, all of those names, I knew none of those names that they were throwing around. I was like, I haven't heard of any of these people. And they oh, sound I like they a were real trained. Oh, really? I've, but I've been doing this for 30 plus years, 30, yeah. 32 this month, Man. actually. But um, yeah, I, I, I know a lot of those names. I mean, some of them, uh, David Leposky, for example. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. We've had the podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the story there, they have a great idea, a great concept for a podcast because there are so many, not, not just compelling stories. Some of them are just weird as snot and so entertaining. Uh, yeah, they've, they've got a, 
they've got a great body of material to work with for sure. Well, you know, and I didn't even want to say anything, but I was kind of like, this is this whole idea, this, this suits a podcast better than a book. I mean, sure, you could, you could write a book about some of this stuff, but I don't think you'd get a, a better picture when you're in doing, a, a, you know, audio interviews and, and a podcast where you can put it all, you know, you can put it all into one or two or three episode series. I think it's, it has way more impact than, than something like a book. Not that you can't do both anyways, but um, I think that it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's so great that they um, fell into this podcast idea and, and didn't just stick with the book. It was yeah. kind of like a fortune of, so it was like a, you know, a blessing in disguise, not getting that funding. Well, it took them down another path. Yeah, exactly. They found the fork in the road. They found another well, and if you think about it, it makes total sense. Like, of course, CNIB runs the narrative in terms of the last hundred years of, of blindness history, because that's where, who everyone turns to. And yeah, of course, the history that gets written is going to benefit CNIB. And that narrative is definitely, you know, when you're, it's a charity, and this is something that <laughs> that that is a problem among charities, is that the way that they gather funds is pulling on the heartstrings of donors and you build this narrative and these stories of, you know, the poor blind population. And that's just not uh, a healthy narrative anymore. Yet it okay, never nor, was. Yeah. Nor, nor was it ever. Yeah. Yeah. True. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's great for raising funds, but uh, it's not so great for the, for the community in general. So I'm really glad to, to see that the, you know, this is a, a sort of a community driven um, initiative um, that's, that's really setting the record straight. So I'm excited. Well, you know, this, this, this got me thinking back to that guest that we had before and I've forgotten his name, Liz, you brought him on and he was talking about building consensus within organizations and communities. Um, uh, oh, I, are you so sure it wasn't? Um... Le, Le Monde Pro. Oh, how do we get how do we get mm -hmm. the community to pull together on this to to not just tell these stories but to change the narrative and to include cnib in changing that narrative Right. Because yeah, that's what actually, has to happen. That's what needs to happen. And because I, I think you're right. But I also think that, you know, like they were saying, you know, they've had people from CNIB on sure. their show. Um, you know, the, the people, individuals that make up CNIB, are, I think, are a very different animal than the organization CNIB that's a hundred and whatever years old and, and pretty set in their ways. But I mean, I think that the other thing that we, I, I guess, we have to understand to be fair is that. Um, you know, CNIB is part of that story as well. Mm -hmm. um, even though, you know, they sort of, you know, have been responsible for building their narrative and, and there's, there's a shift to take some of that back. I mean, I think it is still important for them to, you know, to include CNIB in that and to tell the story from their perspective as well and have, you know, and build a really um, well-rounded narrative of you know all the players in in blindness history well and uh, they have the you know in some of their podcast episodes they talk about how santa b was was a big employer of the blind in their cater plan stores or their cafes yeah. or you know 
they had kiosks set up. You know, they were an employer of the blind when we couldn't find jobs. So, you know, they do have positivity to spread around as well. But, you know, I agree that narrative has to change. And that's a behemoth of an organization yeah. to try to, to change attitudes. True. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, as with with everything that we seem to talk to every week, we always end on, well, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So right. more education, I'm, damn it. But listen, they're, it's a, they're a good group. Uh, there's high energy. Uh, you know, they're going to, I think that they're going to get it done. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more uh, what they have in store for season two. So I love when Charlie said, uh, we're, we need, we're not taking that crap anymore. I said, oh my God, that is the <laughs> nicest delivery of those words. We're not going to take crap anymore. I said, it almost made, it almost sounded charming. I said, oh, we're not taking yeah, crap anymore. Right? <laughs> I said, yeah, Charlie, get that edge. You got to get that edge, girl. Yeah, I love it. And I love that they're, <laughs> they're going to be a little bit more edgy. It's yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like being that they're, you know, tied to AMI. So we'll oh, see. Sh- We'll see what edgy edgy is or means. Man, Ryan, Ryan's on fire today. You think they might have to moderate because of yes. the uh, platform? Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. AMI has yeah, media licenses maybe. they have to abide by. Yeah, well, I mean. Well, it's a podcast. How how about? Um, it's on uh, TV. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and then there's the yeah the broadcast licensing. That's right. Yeah. So mm. yeah, see we 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 can we can we talk can do whatever the f- we want and say whatever the f- we want because we don't have to <laughs> listen to anybody. So f- <laughs> my f- podcast, I don't give a shit about your attitudes. What's going <laughs> on? Wow, I, whoa! I, we we gotta Cause propose like can we, really? can we propose like AMI after dark? No, no, we're doing an AT banter after no, dark. Yeah, one day. we can just we can talk about <laughs> complete sedition and we can just curse. Sorry. <laughs> so, so Ryan, how's the new medication working out? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn it! I knew that's I right. forgot to take something today. Wow, <laughs> oh, out of a cannon. <laughs> a lot. You gotta get out of the house more. Creating another oh. twenty minutes, some twenty fresh minutes air. of editing work for me. <laughs> oh. Poor, poor, poor Linda. Oh, oh, she's retired. She leaves the house every day. <laughs> no, that's Sarah's area. That's a problem. Oh, is Ryan uh, getting hangry? No, I'm good. That Let's could go. be. That could be too. No, no, no we we know when he's hangry. He's not hangry. He's just, he's just. Uh, I gotta get I in there. Ryan's fire. rant. Ryan's rant. <laughs> yeah. We need things. Okay, we need all. Ryan, what do you? Uh, we're still waiting I for my glitter my glitter and spangles. and spangles. I know. I okay. Know. Just wanted to make sure you 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 caught my little dropping. Yeah. The not so subtle hint. Oh God. Okay. This is devolving. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Wrap it up. So hang on. Okay. I was just thinking, you know, we've got Rob who, who is, you know, from, from Northern old. British Columbia cowboy. Yeah. We've yeah. got Liz who's got the Spangles. We've got me who's urban. We've, we've got a, between we the do. three of us, we're a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah, totally. We <laughs> were, we're that John Travolta movie from the seventies. Mm-mm. Urban cowboy. And Ryan can be the angry horse that we ride into town on, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, we need a horse because cowboy. A lot of cowbells cowboy. That'll work. Yeah. yeah. Ryan is convinced that this new microphone has completely transformed the audio quality of his magnificent oh, I didn't voice. Say well, that. Certainly, certainly increased the well, amount he of does, He does sound super sexy. I got it's admit. you. It's like silky and buttery, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. You can you can just hear the. F- See now now I've got to ah. put on my Barry 
Barry White voice here yeah, just so yeah, I can, yeah. you know, fit in. Get your chops out, cowboy. Come on, Ryan. Say, uh, <laughs> can we hear you say? You like? <laughs> That's right. Lord. The Ryan, ones with say, glitter and say, spangles. Say, take off your brassiere, my dear. <laughs> what? Let's, let's hear that in a silky Barry White voice. Don't know. <laughs> don't. Don't listen to her. Don't listen to Liz. She just wants to scar everybody. She's like the, she's like the podcast version of the Joker. She just wants to make everybody feel uncomfortable. I can I can, I can give you. Would you like the German re- recitation of it? Sure. <laughs> Under the stopping flopping. <laughs> So silky oh and buttery. God. I know, right? So, yeah. Man, well, smooth, smooth, man, smooth. God, I knew I should have picked a different second language. Do you think? Thank God we didn't do this at the top of the show. We wouldn't. We wouldn't have had any any of them left in the room. No, they were dying to get in on our hockey talk. They were. It was I true. Think they were. I think it's. Yeah, yeah it is true. Yeah. Especially oh, when yeah. you mentioned the Leafs, it's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah oh, you know what? I would have loved to have gotten into about the Leafs. Okay. Still, mm-hmm. that stupid freaking song, the few times they ever score a goal, that oh, damn Hall and Oates song. Oh, God. Yeah. That's just, just nothing See, maybe, worse. Maybe this week I'll replace the cowbell with the Hall and Oates song. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Uh, all right. Enough of that. Uh, hey, Liz. Yes, Rob. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, for uh, sake, what the hell was that? <laughs> Where? Come on, listen, I'm sick. Just have some, some sympathy. Insert oh, fiddle music on? here. Fuck yeah. stockings, pull it together. God. You heard of a mute button? I God. listen. I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose momentum. God, so, I practically felt that shower. Oh, I'm here in. Freaking Carolinas. Well, that's going to about do it for us this week. Well, listen. (laughs) (laughs) There he goes again. (laughs) Sorry. Woof. Okay. Woof. Uh, Where can people find us? Yes, Captain Flynn. They can find us at atbanter.com. Deputy McSniffles to you. Um, They can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com. And I hit it three times. So, damn microphone. And, <laughs> and if they're so inclined, they can also find us on social media. Yeah. Uh, the AT Banter Twitter feed, I think, needs to go because I want no part of this new Musk Twitter thing. It is turning into yeah. an absolute joke. Right. I, I would I would encourage everybody to leave Twitter at this. Oh, point. and and they are Sunday alone, ninety thousand people left Twitter again and went over to Mastodon. You know, Ooh. so oh, we'll get get a set up on Mastodon, right? Well, I'm on there now, so I can. Okay. Now, yeah, or when yeah. people are leaving Twitter, are they deactivating their accounts, or are they a just lot of saying them are like... actually downloading their archives from Twitter from years they've right. been on there and leaving? Yeah, deleting their accounts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I deleted right. I deleted the company account. Did you? All right. Well, we are on, uh, we are still on Facebook, although I don't think for much longer and uh, we're on LinkedIn, but have you uh, looked at Facebook as people have been commenting on your new video? uh, I looked at the comments on YouTube, but I haven't seen the comments on Facebook. There's been a couple of likes on the video on Facebook. Oh, nice. Man. Look at that. People like Acting. 
did, yeah, did, sorry, did, Liz, did you did you see our our brilliant uh, uh video on uh, i think we sent it to her facebook i didn't see the brilliant video oh my goodness it's oh, uh it's pretty we'll exciting see. here i'll, I'll send it i'll send i can send it to her or you okay, got the link good, good. you got the link yeah you want you want the described or non-described oh surprise me Ooh, give her the uh, described. i'll give you the described one because it it gives some uh easter eggs yeah, oh. I play the role of a middle-aged man wearing glasses. <laughs> wow, that's such a departure for you, Rob. How did you pull that I, off? Listen, there was a lot of acting. I did do a lot of prep work. Yeah, a lot of research, <laughs> right? Some, what, yeah, I had to watch that watch the Don oh my, Cherry videos. My God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued. Where, where right. are we? Where, are it's we in your inbox. Yeah, so they can find us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, there you go. Whatever. They can also just listen to the goddamn podcast, people. They can. Don't worry about social media. Find us wherever social you listen media to podcasts. Sucks. Yeah. Okay. And we, pr we prefer email anyway. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. And we've had that's some. Where... I forwarded it to you. Did you? I forwarded, forwarded this to you because it was for him. For yeah. the hockey video. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I got those. Thank you. You're All welcome. Right. Yeah, they came to Cowbell. So. Uh, well, listen, I am in the hockey video. I'm in the hockey video. I'm Steve, an actor. Send them to, send them to I'm Rob. Well, that, re oh, wow, that really is a stretch. Did they, oh my goodness! Now he's uh, all whiny, whimpery because he's all about sports now, and I didn't share oh, sports whoa, videos. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> my goodness. I'm sorry. Storm the legislature. I will send you the hockey videos. Yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm. Or the emails. The hockey coming. They're they're going to him right now. Thank you. There you go. Okay. Good. Stop crying. It's all okay. good. Okay. All right. We Stop love you, Rob. Man, you're hard. <laughs> all right. Go. Let's get. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Uh, hey. That, okay. Stop. All right. That is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks to everybody for joining us this week, and we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. <laughs>